0: We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken, and on tonight's episode, I will be reviewing, uh, in celebration of its 20th anniversary, I will be reviewing... Uh, Queens of the Stone Age's album Songs for the Deaf. Now, uh this album, uh well if you, uh, well first of all, if you remember I uh last season I talked about their second album uh Rated R which came out in 2000. And um and I said that it was my favorite album by them and I still think it is. Uh but if I had to pick a second favorite album by them, this would be this one would be it. Um, and it's a very close second. Uh, but it's, you know, has everything that makes uh, rated R great. And kind of amps it up to 11, you know. But I think I still like rated R a little bit more because it's a little shorter. It's like 42, 45 minutes. And this one uh, is an hour. Which, uh, you know, not isn't too long for me. I just, I kind of prefer rated R because it's a little breezier and and quicker to get through than Songs for the Deaf, but, um, there are times, though, where this album edges out Rated R just a little bit. They're, in a way, they're, they're almost both tied for my favorite album by Queens of the Stone Age, but, uh, but yeah, this is a close second, if not sometimes surpassing Rated R, so sometimes it's first, but, but it's, it's a great album by, by the band as well, but it, um, like I said, it's, it's 20th anniversary, uh, because the album first came out, uh, it was released by Queens of the Stone Age on August 27th, 2002 by Interscope Records. Uh, and and if you remember, uh, as I mentioned uh, in the previous uh, review, I mean not the previous review, but the the last time I reviewed uh, Queens of the Stone Age, when I reviewed right at R, I mentioned that the band almost always switched up uh, the members of the band, uh, the only consistent member of Queens of the Stone Age was Josh Holm, all the other times, uh, not everyone would always be switched up, there would be maybe a couple people, uh, that were the same on some records, but it was never always the same people on every album, every, someone would be new, they'd always have a new guy, someone would always have left and been replaced by someone new, maybe more than one person, uh, with each passing album. It was never the same. It it the members always rotated out. But but uh but this one may be one of their best uh, rotations yet because we got uh Dave Grohl as an official member of the band um during this uh this period of the band. Uh or during this time in the band's history. And he even toured with them uh in the early two thousands when they were um uh, you know when they were when at when they were um on tour and playing the songs from this album live and i think he even played some of the songs from their first album which was titled Queens of the Stone Age and uh and rated r so but uh but yeah dave grohl had been taking a break uh from foo fighters and as you may know yeah he was the uh the lead singer and frontman of of the band foo fighters uh, and, or he, he still is, I guess, yeah, and, um, he was also the most famous drummer in, uh, Nirvana, uh, in the lineup of Nirvana, um, and from 1990 to 1994, so, and, yeah, and Foo Fighters from 95 to, to all the way to now, so, um, but, yeah, so, and the other members of the band, uh, so, like I said, Dave Grohl played drums, Uh, and then we also had, uh, Josh Holm as the frontman, lead singer, and guitarist, uh, Nick Oliveri, who also provided vocals, uh, not just backing vocals, but also main vocals. He also, uh, took the lead on, on a few songs and also the bassist, bass guitarist. And then you have Mark Lanigan, who was, uh, another backing, uh, vocalist and lead vocalist so these were the four members of the band at, at the time and of course we also have a bunch of additional musicians that helped um i'm not going to name all of them but uh, <clears throat> excuse me but we have elaine johannes who plays uh the lap steel guitar the ebo organ piano flamenco guitar and theremin on tracks three six seven and twelve we have Gene Troutman who plays the drums on track one, um, Dean Ween who plays the guitar on track six, nine, and four, and the list goes on and on. But there are let's see five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's a total of twelve additional uh, musicians who uh, played various different instruments uh, on the album, and and they all do a pretty good job. Um, so yeah, but uh and then there's also which I'll get into in a minute, but there's also some radio DJs on here as well. Um let's see. Or there's staged bits with yeah, with guests uh with guest DJs. Um so yeah, so the album uh came out in August twenty seventh, two thousand two, and it was it garnered uh mainstream attention for the band. It uh you know, was was well received by both critics uh and uh listeners and the audience and um most most of them consider it to be a masterpiece and their album's best work i mean and their and the band's best work and um it is considered a loose concept a loose concept album uh basically the concept of the album is it takes the listener on a drive from Los Angeles to Joshua Tree, California and, uh, each song comes from a different radio station uh, along the way. So, uh, so the first song, uh, there's 14, well, there's 15, technically 14. Cause the first song isn't really a song, despite the fact that the, the name of it is the real song for the deaf, but it is the first track. Uh, and it's really, there's no word. Yeah. There's no lyrics or anything. It's just, a, it's just some guy going, huh? What? And then an instrumental like a very burn uh blown out instrumental like it sounds it sounds like it's coming from a very distant very blown out speaker but uh and that that's pretty much it uh yeah it's the the song consists of a hard to hear bass line and the jingle of keys at the very end. you can hear that at the end and um and yeah so oh and fun fact, which I didn't know this about it, it features a mysterious voice that you could only hear by rewinding the first track to a minute and 33 seconds oh however subsequent digital releases would include this track within the listening oh okay cool uh so let's see so that was the first song or first track the first official song technically is uh <laughs> you think uh track 2 you think i ain't worth a dollar but i feel like a mil- millionaire so the yeah, official opening track of uh the album begins with the sound of a car starting. Um you can hear some uh guy or some girl turning the keys on in their car and you can hear them turning on the radio which introduces the concept of the of the album. It being uh someone driving from Los Angeles to Joshua Tree listening to the radio and changing the stations every few songs or every song every song or every few songs and um yeah so the song consists of uh this this one and like because like I said they switched up every so often they would switch up the uh vocalists um whoever was singing on a specific track and most of the time about half of the album it is Josh Holm. But, uh, Lanigan and Nick, or, uh, Nick and, um, Mark, Mark Lanigan, do, uh, share the spotlight every now and then. But, Nick Oliveri sings the first song on the album. And, uh, let's see. And it's basically, and it's him screaming, uh, it's him screaming the song, uh, and over churning guitars and intense drumming uh the drumming of course being from Gene Troutman on this one um and this one's a good song uh, it's a good opening uh it gets you pumped up for the rest of the album and um and yeah it just it's very energetic very intense and you know it yeah it it kind of prepares you for uh some of the sounds and some of the songs that you're going to hear on this album cuz uh there are very loud guitars very very booming basses uh very intense drumming and that's all present uh within this song um oh and also the first radio dj sample that we get uh, cuz you know every time they switch the station you hear uh, little audio segments of of uh you know someone either uh you know someone speaking or some some dj speaking or or some you know, preacher speaking or something like that, you know, or, or some radio show going on. And uh, the intro has Blag Dahlia and a commercial bumper. Let's see, who, Black, Black Dahlia, I believe is the DJ's name. Let's see. Yes, Black Dahlia. Uh, he's an American singer and record producer. He plays uh Kip. Kip Casper and all these uh, all these radio DJs are uh, fake. None of them are real, but uh, but they're playing. They're they're kind of poking fun at radio DJs in a way. Um, But Black Dahlia plays DJ Kip Casper of Clone uh, or uh, K O L N E Radio of Los Angeles, and uh, he starts. You know, before the song starts, he opens the track with uh, saying K O L N Los Angeles Clone Radio we play the songs that sound more like everyone else than anyone else clone and then uh or that's like his intro and then he goes to, into saying hey all right it's kip Casper. clone radio la's infinite repeat how we feeling out there how's your drive time commute i need a saga what's the saga it's songs for the deaf <laughs> you can't even hear it and then of course we get the the guitar and the drums and then nick oliveri uh, kicking off you know, uh, the lyrics, the, to the song. And, uh, so the, uh, the lyrics are, you know, uh, basically the song is about the sooner uh, in this case, Nick is embracing his status as a low life by killing shot after shot of tequila, tequila, I believe he now believes that he's invincible and ready to, you know, mess some shit up. And conquer because uh, there's the line, uh, "Dead bull with the life from the low. I'll be massive conquistador. Give me soul and show me the door. Uh, give me- metal heavy, soft at the core. So, uh, so it's kind of like you know goes goes with how goes with the sound of the song. You know, it's like very energetic, very in your face, and intense, and um, very, you know, has that feeling of about to mess some shit up. So, um, about to go all in. So the, so that was the second track. Uh, the first, or the first, the third track is, let's see. Uh, let me go back to it. Yeah. The third track is, uh, No One Knows. And this is probably their most, uh, well-known, their most famous song, uh, it was released as the first single off of Songs for the Deaf, and yes, it did go on to become, uh, Queens of the Stone Age's biggest hit. Uh, the lyrics deal with hallucinatory drugs, uh, narcotics, prescription drugs, and the positive, and both the positive and negative sides to them, as well as all the unknown effects. Uh, so in a way, it's kind of like this album's version of, uh, uh, was it Smash Hit of the Summer? or Feel Good hit of the summer, which was the first song on, uh, their previous album, Rated R, uh, except the lyrics are a little more, have a little more to them than just listing off seven different drugs over and over, uh, not that that song's not good, it's just that it, ju- it just, it just repeats those seven drugs over and over again throughout the song, but, uh, but yeah, so, that pretty much is what the song's about, uh, And and it's kind of obvious, uh, because you get lines such as, we get these pills, this is in the first verse, by the way, we get these pills to swallow, how they stick in your throat, tastes like gold, oh, what you do to me, no one knows, so, you know, and that's, yeah, no one knows what you're going through when you're on drugs, or what the pills you're taking do to you, uh, because, you know, uh, usually, drug addicts, or, or people who are recovering addicts, you know, well, not recovering addicts, but people who are, like, beginning to become drug addicts, or who are full-blown drug addicts, you know, they don't admit that they're on drugs. They like to, they're, you know, because if anyone asks, oh, are you, okay, you don't look so good, you know, they'll, you know, like, are you on, you know, not that people want to assume, but, you know, if someone asks, they'll always deny that they're on drugs, um even if the evidence is glaringly obvious you know uh like erratic behavior or or you know um well you know there's a, there's a bunch of different side effects of taking drugs but you know but you know even if their eyes are bloodshot red or they're they're kind of spazzing out or or you know get, or their tone is and their tone and their actions are becoming angrier like their their mood and their attitudes becoming angry you know they're getting a little um they're getting a little their behavior is becoming a little bit, you know, I guess angry, I, they're, they're becoming a little rageful, you know, um, and then, there's, yeah, there's a bunch more side effects than that, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, sometimes they're more subtle, sometimes they're more obvious, like tone, like change in attitude and stuff like that, um, but yeah, and that, that's what the song's about, uh, but the song is just, it, pro- it may be my favorite, it's one of my favorites on the album, but there's so much to the song to love, uh from and this song, uh Josh Holm is the one singing the lyrics on this one. Uh he he's the he's the only one singing on this one. But from Josh Holmes uh singing to the lyrics uh that he's singing about, uh to the the bass, um towards the end. I mean it's throughout the song, but especially towards the end when it's just the bass playing. Uh yeah, to to, to Nick's bass playing to uh Josh or not Josh's uh to yeah Josh Holmes guitar playing and Dave Girl's drums that it all sounds fantastic. Especially Dave's drumming like it's very intense and energetic and uh, it's like a different drum not drum fill but it's like a different uh he switches it up with each uh with each line in the chorus like it, it, it he never repeats how the drums sound. Like with each, I I guess it's a drum fill in a way, but yeah, with each drum fill, um, it sounds just a little different than the previous one, and it's it always kind of keeps you on your toes, but uh, but yeah, great song, and right after the end of the song, we get a little skit, uh, by a Al- Elaine or Alan, maybe Elaine. It's not E L A I N E like how you normally would spell Elaine. It's A L A. I mean, yeah, A-L-A-I-N, so it may be Alan. but Alan Joh- Johannes um, is, there's a little commercial bumper at the end because uh, you hear the radio, you hear the, the listener switch the radio, and you hear a skit uh, by Al- Alan Johannes, and it's all in Spanish, but it's, uh, and I'm not sure exactly what it all says because I, I'm not that good with Spanish, but it's basically like, you know, kind of like a Spanish station, you know, and it's basically talking about, oh yeah, Queens of the Stone Age, their next song, First It Giveth is coming up, you know, uh, and and the DJ is DJ Hector, Hector, Hector bon, Bonifacio, Bonifacio, I think, and um, <laughs> hopefully I didn't butcher that last name, uh, oh, okay, here it is in English, okay, so yeah, it says, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, here is the DJ Hector Bonifacio, Echevarria Cervantes de la Cruz Um, Aro Rojas, I think. (laughs) I probably butchered a couple words uh, in my pronunciation. Uh, But yeah, this is the radio. Quetzal Coral, I think. Uh, The place where the rock lives and does not die. We are going to listen to a couple of songs from Queens of the Stone Age. First we will listen to First It Giveth. Um, And then uh, we hear... What awesome and truly awesome music now you are going to see, and see, and see, here, here goes, here, here is, here, here goes. (laughs) So, kind of like the announcer's a little bit more sporadic at the end and kind of repeating himself, but but I think that's on purpose. Um, And yeah, like on other songs on this album, you know, this outro serves to pay homage to, uh, you know, some radio stations, and also kind of poking fun at. But this one is paying homage to the struggle with Hispanic radio stations. The band faced when releasing their songs Since these stations refused to play their music Which I didn't know that, that was neat Um, fun fact (laughs) So, yeah, the next track, the next song, track four Is First It Giveth Uh, another song not sung by Josh Holm Uh, it is sung by Or no, no, wait, no, no, it is, my bad Yeah, so Josh Holm sings this one again and all by himself, and it was released as the third and last single off of their album. Uh, it's recognizable, this song is recognizable by its crunchy lead guitars and the melodic vocals on the chorus. Uh, Josh Holmes has stated that this song is about drug use and its consequences and how it can give to and take away from your well-being. So, uh, and, and in the song, that the line that's repeated a lot in the chorus is First it giveth, then it taketh away. Meaning the, it referring to whatever drugs, anyone is on at any particular time. Because you know, like drugs, you know, you can get a high from drugs, and it feels great. So it, you know, it, it gives you a high, but then it taketh away any good feelings that you had, uh, while on the while on your high, you know, and then you, you crash and burn. Well, maybe not literally burn, but you know, you crash, like you know, and have a. a you know, uh, a shit uh, hangover or a shit headache, you know, stuff like that, and uh, you feel like shit pretty much after the high, and that's that's the drug taking away what it gave to you, you know, taking away that good feeling that you had for however long the high lasted, you know, um, and yeah, verse one, you know, I'm in you, now you're in me, I can't tell, you're so cruel more than me, it is true, that's right, uh basically the that's right it seems to be it's it seems to be like it's the actual drugs talking like it's kind of like they're manifesting itself into a physical form you know uh since that part's sung in another voice uh which kind of stands out compared to how the previous words were being sung you can kind of tell that that's a different uh different uh person singing that different voice and it's also you can also kind of interpret the that's right and it's yours part and come on, take it. You can kind of, uh, the background, vo- the backing vocals, you can kind of, uh, you know, cause again, it's a different voice. You can kind of interpret that as the drugs responding to the narrator's previous statement. You know, uh, I want some all of of all of you, you know, and then him saying, come on, take it. It's yours, you know? So, uh, and yeah, and all rock fans know how drugs can take control of the addicted like a master of puppets. <laughs> Like uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets. And yeah, so that was a good one. Um, Not much to say, just, yeah, very, very good vocal performance by Josh Holm. Drumming was great. And uh, just very catchy. And yeah, very, very intense guitar work. You know, very, like I said, well, like Genius said, yeah, it had very crunchy, very, you know, crunchy guitars. And uh, yeah, it was a good one. Uh now track five, we have uh Song for the Dead. Uh and this one is sung by Mark Lanigan. Uh lead vocals. And it is one of the uh more aggressive and one of the more kick-ass songs on the album. <laughs> it uh it has there cause it probably is one of the most heaviest. It's not it's probably not the heaviest song on the album, but it's close. Uh, We'll get to that one in a few, but uh, it has these very heavy yet simplistic guitar riffs and these dark brooding vocals, and you can hear that in Mark's uh, uh, voice. You know, they're very dark and uh, very raspy, Uh, and at the times maybe a little over the top, but it still sounds really good. Uh, And oh, and also the refrain, the ah, like the the haunting, ah, vocals in the background, that's, that's Josh Holmes singing those, but Everything else is Mark Lanigan, but it does kind of add, like, this sense of, this overwhelming sense of dread to the song, which, and, you know, makes it sound even more badass, (laughs) uh, but it's, um, it's, it's a good song, too, and, uh, yeah, the, um, the lyrics are just, you know, it may be about drugs as well, but you know, it's uh some of the lines are it's late enough to go driving and see what's mine, life's the study of dri- life's the study of dying, how to do it right, um, so yeah, it seems to be about that, in a way, uh, or it seems it kind of seems like a guy who is either on drugs or maybe he's suicidal and he's just. Maybe thinking of using his car to kill himself. Maybe he's going to drive off a cliff or something. Because, um, yeah, like I said, uh, verse 3, he says, Come on, let's go driving. Come on, let's take a little ride. That's the study of dying, how to do it right. And so it seems like he's depressed or high and is going to commit suicide. Um, but, yeah, let's see. Uh Oh and also a uh, fun fact about this album or, or I mean about this song uh the hard hitting drums by Dave it's a drum part which has since been regarded as one of the best of all time and right and I think that's well deserved because it is very intense very you know epic sounding very fast paced and energetic and it just it's like holy shit when you hear it when you hear it for the first time you're like shit this is insane you know <laughs> But great, you know, at the same time. And, um, so yeah. And, yeah, I, I, that's, that's what I take from the, from the lyrics of the song. It just kind of sounds like someone who, he doesn't sound depressed. He sounds almost like he wants to, uh, end it all in a way. Cause, uh, like I said, it's a very raspy, dark, energetic sounding performance, you know. Um, even if he's talking about, suicide, or even if it sounds like that, you know, kind of what you get from the song, but, uh, but yeah, another good one, and next we have track six, uh, The Sky is Fallen, uh, not fallen, but Fallen, um, and this is one of my favorites, uh, I don't know where I'd rank it, but this, this, so far, the two that are my favorites are No One Knows and this one, uh, this one's a great one, and it um yeah it's it's just a really good one. everything that I said about the previous song, this song has in a way, except maybe not as intense of drumming. The drumming's still good and intense, just maybe not quite as intense as the the last the you know the, kind of the breakdown at the end of the previous one at the end of the previous song, but uh it has um you know it 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 also like the previous song has this overwhelming sense of dread to it and it's very dark and brooding and you know has some very haunting sounding vocals from Josh Holm. He's you know once again voice sounds great. And uh, you can also hear some uh, like some backing vocals which I think are Josh as well. Um in the in the background you can hear that um, but right before the drum, the instruments, you know, uh, go, you know, get turned to, how does that saying go? Before the instruments, you know, get turned up to 11, uh, you know, you can hear in the background, you can hear the, you know, you can hear the yeah, you know, haunting, already haunting sounding vocals, uh, before the instruments and the, and the lyrics kick in. But, uh, some other, yeah, and, and also the, the lyrics on this one kind of sound very apocalyptic and very, like I said, filling you with a sense of overwhelming sense of dread and, uh, you know, because the the song, the first verse starts off with the sky is falling, human race that we run has left me crawling, staring straight at the sun oh, in a moment I notice every dog has his day I paid attention, cost me so much to hate um, in the pre-chorus for so long, I saw only wrong, but now, to remind, it's a waste of time so basically, it sounds like a guy who um not saying Josh Holmes has experienced this, but you know he's singing the song, so it's like him portraying a character in a way uh but like the lead singer or the person in the song uh in a way feels like he's re- he regrets uh his life or or some of the choices he's made in his life because. Like he said, for so long he saw only Ron, and, but this, you know, the sky falling, you know, this apocalypse happening, uh, this seemingly apoco- this seemingly apocalyptic event that's happening has reminded him that it everything, all the pessimistic, uh, his negative attitude and the pessimistic comments and whatever else he, or any of the arguments he fought with some, any of the stupid petty arguments he's fought, uh, he's argued with uh about with people throughout his life he's realized well this is just a waste of time this has been pointless and you know now uh now you know everything's over you know and uh the chorus close your eyes and see the skies are falling and close your eyes and see the skies are falling and um yeah so but it's uh and and there were some other in- interesting verse uh, lyrics uh, throughout the song that uh, sound really good and uh, great guitar solo and this song uh, because it's been a couple songs since we or it's been one or two songs since we've switched radio stations but uh, the we hear the listener of the whoever's in the car once again switching the radio station uh, and start we hear another DJ or actually I think two DJs uh, let me see uh, yes it's, uh, th- actually, no, actually we three, we hear, uh, three, uh, Chris Goss, C-minus and Casey Chaos, uh, Chris Goss plays, uh, DJ Elastic Ass of, K- of K-R-D-L, Curtle 109 of Chino Hills, uh, C-minus plays DJ for Cool, he's the DJ for, for, uh, for Cool, um, and Casey Chaos as a station ad promoting all death metal all the time. Okay, so he's the guy, so he's the voice at the very end. Okay, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read the outro. So, the outro, yeah, is from, is voiced by these three voicing DJ, vo- two of them voicing DJs, one voicing the ad for the, you know, the genre of music that this upcoming station is playing. So, uh, the outro goes, K-R-D-L, Curdle 109, we spoil music for everyone. And then you hear uh, you hear a baby crying and a slapping sound effect, <laughs> and you hear, it always gets a chuckle out of me, you hear a ba- uh, uh, a sound, uh, an audio sample of an infant crying, you hear a slapping sound effect, uh, and then you hear, shut up, you little brat, and then you hear K-R-D-L, the curdle Elastic Ass with you here in Chino Hills, the last frontier, that's where we're at, and then you hear the radio once again uh, changing, uh, or the station being changed, uh, and then you hear another announcer, uh, 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 word, cool, you know what it spells and you know how we do, L- or, or K-O-L, K-O-O-L, you know what it spells and you know how we do, uh, live and direct, coming at you from the, coming at you from the middle of nowhere, the center of everywhere, you gotta check this band, Queens of the Stone Age, if you not know it, I'm here to let you know, I'm giving it my stamp of approval, you know what I'm saying, so pick this up, and we're gonna spoil the music for you. Uh, or so pick this up and then the radio station once again has changed and, uh, or no, I think, no, no, no. It's, I think it's Elastic-ass. Uh Well, I think it's the same, but yeah, we hear, and we're going to spoil the music for you. This is, um, Millionaire, Queens of the Stone Age, um, a song about something will never be. And then we hear the announcer, uh, or the DJ, we hear him chuckle, you know, kind of making a lame joke. And then the, the third, uh, the, the radio ad at the very end, we hear, All death metal all the time. And then we hear him whispering All the Time after that. And then we cut to the next song. Which is track seven, my bad. Six Shooter. And Nick Oliveri sings on this one. And it's only it's the shortest of the of all the songs on the album. It's only a minute and nineteen seconds. But it is um like the uh, add at the very end of the sky is falling, how it's set up. Uh, it's set up the tone and genre of this song. It's, it's essentially them kind of making a death metal song and, uh, it's the heaviest and most screen, definitely the most scream heavy track on the album. Um, and yeah, yeah. Like I said, the bassist, Nick Oliveri sings with his signature angry screaming vocals and you can hear them on some of the other songs. Uh, or you well he he sung on you know, you can hear he sung on the song, You think I ain't worth a dollar and uh but I feel like a millionaire. So he had one song earlier. And yeah, this one, not much to it, it's a good song, but I could see how someone might not like this one as much because it's just it is mostly him screaming. Uh but it's so short, you know, it's not really like it it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just like it's here and then it's gone, you know. But it's it does kind of sound like a not generic but it does sound like like how a someone parodying like a generic dark heavy uh death metal song would uh, you know would if they were parodying like making fun of a death metal song this is you know uh the lyrics someone would write for that parody you know like <laughs> it's uh you know two glasses i'll tell you lies i'm on the side of the road you're going to f and die you know and then it's the chorus is him screaming, yeah, yeah, shoot, 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 pow, 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 ow, you know, and then <laughs> it's just him dropping a bunch of F-bombs, F this road, yeah, F you too, I'll, I'll kill your best friend, what you F him going to do, you know. Um, and I would have said it, I just, uh, you know, I I would have said it, but I just figured I'd just leave it at that, um, but yeah, <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's it's him dropping a bunch of F-bombs. Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of like how, like, a death metal song, uh, would be, you know, or kind of like a, it's a, it, like I said, it's kind of, it's almost like a parody of a death metal song, just very angry and filled with piss and vinegar and, you know, a bunch of swearing, uh, mostly just the F-bomb, I mean, he says, like, the F-word, like, five times, yeah, he says fucking, like, seven times, I think, yeah, so, okay, well, I said it there, but that was just to illustrate the point, you know, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, good song, uh, not the best you know, obviously, but, you know, it, it comes and goes, you know, it's just a minute and 20 seconds, and, uh, yeah, you know, could have been worse, could have been better, but it could have been worse, you know, um, and now we have track eight, Haining Tree, uh, this is, let's see, who's sings this one, this is sung by, uh, another one by, uh, Mark Lanigan, who, um, let's see, It, um, it was, let's see, it was originally written by Elaine Johannes and Mark Lanigan for a Desert Sessions album, but Mark Lanigan's vocals apparently made it so good, it was included on this album, so that's cool. Uh, so this one is, uh, it sounds like in a way it's about two, in a way it might be about two drug addicts like a guy and a girl, uh, because some of the lines, uh, include, would you like a way home? I'll bleed on my own round the hanging tree swaying in the breeze in the summer sun. As we two are one round the hanging tree swaying in the breeze in the summer sun, as we two are one swaying. So, uh, that's, well, you know, uh, cause sometimes, uh, sometimes you can kind of get what a song's about right away from hearing the lyrics. And sometimes you still, you know, no matter how many times you've heard it, it's not as apparent, but that's kind of what I get from the lyrics on this one. Uh, it's a good one. It's got a good, uh, it's got a good, uh, damn it. It's got a good guitar solo. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know why, why I couldn't talk just then. Uh, yeah, it's a great guitar solo. Uh, the drums are good. Uh, not the best song on the album, but it is kind of a more melodic, slower, calmer song. Uh, not too slow, it's still a little bit fast-paced, but it's definitely way calmer, uh, way less intense than uh, its predecessor, than the previous song. Uh, but yeah, not much to say on that one. It's it's a good song, just not one of the best, but it's it's not bad by any means. So, uh, Alright, next song we have track 9, Go With The Flow. This was also released as a single off the album. It was released as the second single off of their third album and the song is about a woman going from relationship to relationship ditching ditching them ditching said relationships when things get serious and leaving the men behind with broken hearts. Uh fun fact, it was nominated for best hard rock performance at the 2004 Grammys. So which is, you know, I uh I think if you know, I mean there may be some songs that I consider better than this one off this album, but you know if any song on this album was going to win i'm glad it was this one cuz this is a really good catchy song it's um uh, it's not as intense as like the sky is falling or or uh, no one knows but it does it does have that you know catchy guitar the the drums are again great as always bass is good and uh and josh Holm, uh once again sings on this one and his voice is great as always and yeah just not much to say about this one. The music video for this one's cool, which I forgot to mention for No One Knows. That that one's cool, too. Uh, this one's cool, too. Uh, it's just kind of like them... I don't know what they did, but it's like, uh, it's like them driving... They're like in the back of a pickup truck, and it's like driving down the desert. And like the sky and the background's red, but everything else is like black. And they're all in black, and all you can see are their mouth, mouths. Like whenever Josh is singing, you can see his teeth and his mouth move and then you can see his eyes and it's kind of creepy but it looks cool. It's like it's very stylized. I'm not sure what they did to get that effect. Uh I mean maybe they use some CGI, maybe they use some green screen. But whatever it is, it looks cool. Um so yeah. And and yeah, some like 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 the some of the lines in the song, you know, she said uh, the line is or the first verse is, she said, "I'll throw myself away. They're just photos after all. I can't make you hang around. I can't wash you off my skin." So basically right there, it's her breaking up with another guy Um, because things are getting serious and she doesn't want serious. Um, So yeah, but yeah, great song. Um, Not the best, but it is close to, I mean, and I don't know where I'd rank all the songs, but if I had to rank them, it would be maybe six, five, somewhere in the, somewhere top six, top five. Um, uh, alright, track 10 is Gonna Leave You. Uh, this one is sung uh, by Nick Oliveri, um, uh, and the, let's see, and, uh, the, lyrically, this song has overlap with the song Leg of Lamb from their previous album, Rated R, which contains the lines, in a hotel on the phone, and you're gonna leave me, I should have known, so... Uh, It may also be an allusion to Led Zeppelin's song, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, um, which was, I believe, from their first album, the titular Led Zeppelin, in 1969. But um, if I'm not mistaken, I I may be wrong on that. (laughs) Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's where that song's from. But uh, they've also done this before. Uh, The song from the first album, You Can't Quit Me, Baby, is likely a reference to Zeppelin's I Can't Quit You, Baby, you know, so... Um, Yeah, so that's kind of neat. But Gonna Leave You, the song is about, uh, it could be considered a follow-up to Leg of Lamb uh, from Rated R, told from the other side of the relationship. So, um, Like the pre-chorus, three years too long, you know this is wrong, everything scars the skin, push it in, push it in, break it off. And then, of course, the chorus is um, Nick Oliveri, wonderfully singing, you know, very kind of melodic sounding vocals, you know, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave you, you know, it just, obviously I'm not doing it justice because I I can't really sing that well. (laughs) That's, that's not in my skill set. you know, singing wonderfully, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what the lyrics are about, the song's about. And, um, and, and the first verse, the first verse is a great example of what the song's about too. Uh, Wait by the phone, late, all alone. He can't help you, but I know I could. Basically saying to this guy, saying to this girl, he is not, I don't think he's necessarily a good fit for you, and that's not me coming off as arrogant or anything, but I just think, I love you, and I think that I would be a better fit for you than the guy you're dating. Uh, And obviously he might not be as comfortable with saying that because he doesn't want to ruin the friendship that he has with this girl. Uh, he doesn't want to r- ruin, uh, how he, how she perceives him in her head. You know, he doesn't want to come come across as a jerk. So, uh, good song. Um, all right, we're coming up on the last, the final five of the album. Uh, track 11, we have Do It Again. Uh, this one's a little bit more intense. The guitar work is a little bit more intense on this one. And, um, actually, did I forget, uh... Okay, I I was making sure I didn't forget any of the radio skits, because I wanted to, to talk about them whenever they popped up. Okay, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, Do It Again is a little bit more intense than the previous song. The guitar work, the guitars are more heavy, the drums are more intense, and uh, it's, uh, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, not much to say about this one, it's just... Uh, I think it's also, from what I can gather from the lyrics, I think it's also about a toxic relationship, or a relationship kind of gone to to shit. Um, yeah, okay, uh, the first verse is, I fall over and over and over and over. Oh, I want you. I get ill, I get ill, I get ill. You're the only one I'm into. You and me fit so tight. I go lower and lower and lower. Um, uh, well, actually, it it okay. It it either it's either about drugs or about a toxic relationship. It's one of the two, or it could maybe be about both. You know, with the with the way the lyrics, uh, with how the lyrics are are, with the way they're written. Um, so I don't know. You and me fit so tight. All we need is one more time. It may I don't know. I'm gonna go on on out on a limb and say that it's both. Uh, it, it may it may just be one of those where it's open to interpretation, but. But yeah, um, another good one. Uh, don't know where I'd rank this one, but it's it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, but we do have another uh, station. We do have another radio DJ skit. Uh well, kind of a, it's kind of a few all in once because or it's it's a few all mashed up together in a way because uh, the listener changes the station maybe four or five times before we cut to the next song. But uh, I'll go over that one real quick. Um, who does the DJ work for this one? Or, I mean, or who does the vocals for this one? Uh, Giraudi White, Le- Lux Interior, and Jesse Hughes. So, let's see. Jesse Hughes. jerody White is the, uh, DJ Tom Sherman of Banning, or Banning, not Banning, Banning College Radio. Lux Interior plays the DJ for AM580, and Jesse Hughes plays A Preacher which uh, plays into the next song. But uh, but yeah, so the uh, little radio interlude uh, between this song and the next song, uh, we hear just Jerody uh, White as this DJ Tom Sherman uh, introducing himself. He says, This is Tom Sherman. Down here in Banning College, we're, uh, we're promoting a blood drop. And then before he can finish, the listener switches, uh, turns the radio uh, to a different station. Uh, we hear, uh, Oh shit. Not guilty. Welcome to the South of America. You're listening to AM five eighty, and this is Lux Interior voicing this segment. Uh Layback Sheep. Little lamb, little lamb, Little Lamb, Little Lamb. Little Lamb, Little Lamb, Little Lamb. Uh and then Jesse Hughes Or no no wait no wait, my bad. I think I messed up. Okay, after he says five eighty, we switch to Jesse Hughes playing the preacher. So we hear yeah, we hear Layback Sheep and then Little Lamb repeated like six times. And then we hear uh a couple different I'm not sure who voices, I, I think these are samples from like a show, some shows or movies or, or something, but we hear, uh, some children, it sounds like, say, uh, some child say, God told me so to my face. And then in parentheses, we hear another voice say, cannot be saved, which I'm pretty sure is the preacher. Uh, and then he says, follow me and I will. And then the child says, good to know that he's walking with me. And then, um, and then we hear big rock is a weapon. The devil is a blit. And then, uh, station's tuned again and we hear another somewhat christian radio station like a like a pastor like a a sermon uh being spoken by a pastor and i guess it's the same pastor or the or the guy is playing a different pastor but it's the same guy uh playing a different preacher or different pastor and we hear and let him cast the first stone jesus J-. and then the ra- listener once again changes the station and we hear uh another preacher uh which again i'm assuming is the same guy uh, Any, but it's a different. It's it's the same guy, just portraying a different pastor. It's not supposed to be the same one, but but uh, we hear this uh, preacher say, "And you have fallen into the love that needs to be designed by the Lord." You know, like speaking kind of like a southern preacher almost. But he, he, you know, he's got that cadence and and kind of that. He's not like he's screaming, but he's got that very, you know attention-grabbing voice you know like he like he's like very passionate about what he's what about the sermon he's he's speaking about and then he says hallelujah y'all i want to hear a couple hallelujahs you know and then we you know this is perfect because this does again like with the death metal at the end of the that song and then going into six shooter which was a death metal song this isn't really a religious song but it does mention god uh but it it kind of does go into that um I mean that that little uh radio segment that or the at the end of that of track 11 does uh perp, does fit well or does lead well into the next song which is track 12 God is in the radio. And this is probably my if I had to pick I think this may be my favorite on the album. It's uh it's 6 minutes it's a good length. Uh it's one of the long it's one of the longest songs on the album. Um and i actually do i don't think it's the longest but it's close um let's see yeah song for the deaf is the longest track thir- track 14 uh so yeah so yeah this is track 12 so yeah two more tracks is, is the longest song but this is one of the longer songs on the album and uh, yeah it's a good it's a good song uh i think it's about Um, it seems like it's about this guy who is down on his luck, and he keeps hearing messages in the radio about, uh, God. Well, I guess, I guess in a way, I guess it could be kind of, maybe it's supposed to be like a parody of a Christian rock song, although, I mean, not that I know every Christian rock band, but most of the Christian music I hear isn't really that good, or isn't really, uh, isn't really my cup of tea, um... Really, I mean, you can like what you like, and I'm not putting anyone who likes Christian music down, like Christian rock, Christian rap, or whatever. But to me, it just it just sounds generic, and, like, it doesn't really sound inspired or anything. It just sounds bland and and just cliche, and I don't know. that That's just my opinion, you know. I mean, there are some artists who are Christian and kind of include Christian themes in their music, but they don't – it's not – like it's not as front and center or when it is, it's not as cliche as like a lot of Christian music is that you hear at church or churches or, you know, like some examples, uh, 21 pilots, uh, NF, the rapper NF, uh, and then, uh, and half alive, some artists that I really love some bands and or artists that I really happen to love do have Christian themes in their music, but it's not as be it's, it doesn't really beat you over the head with it. Like that's, another issue I kind of have with Christian music is that uh, apart from it being somewhat bland and cliche and repetitive, because it gets hella repetitive at times, <laughs> but it's also just, it just seems to be beating you over the head with its message. Whereas with those three bands and artists that I mentioned with 21 pilots being my second favorite band, and really they don't quite mention God or Christianity so much in their later work, but Tyler is a Christian but he doesn't let that be the sole focus of his personality or of his music. It comes up every now and then, but it's not like beating you over the head with, oh, by the way, Tyler's a Christian. The, all his music has to be about Christianity or it has to mention God every single line, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, so it's so the song in a way is kind of like that, where it's not really beating you over the head with any messages that you've heard a thousand times over. And uh, it's it's interesting. The lyrics are interesting. It flows well, and it's just a badass-sounding rock song. It's And it's very heavy, too. It's very, it's probably... But other than The Sky is Falling, this is probably the heaviest-sounding song on the album. But, uh, but it seems like a guy who's down on his luck, and he turns to religion, specifically uh, Christianity, for an answer. But it seems like the people around him are... And he might be crazy, but I like to believe that he's not. It's just him... It seems like everyone around him is saying, oh, you're not really hearing messages through the radio about God or, or what he could do or what Christianity could do for you to turn your life around or, or help you in, in any way. You know, they, they think he's just hearing things. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, there I, I hear these messages in the radio. You know, they're, they're, they are they're may be subtle and they may not really have anything to do with Christianity, but that's kind of what I'm getting from these messages. And I think that, you know, it, it might not do me – it might not – be so bad to, uh, you know, explore this religion, you know, but, uh, like I said, I love the verses, uh, not the verses, I love the lyrics in this song, uh, the first verse starts off with, I thought I saw him on the video, a trance is keeping him under, I know that God is in the radio, ch in the station, the narcotic from me to you, just a call in the medium, I know you hear it, I hear it too, it's everywhere that I go. And the chorus is, you come back another day and do no wrong. Uh, Verse 2, they say the devil is paranoid, always trying to cover, but God is leaking through the stereo between the station to station. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. It's uh, it's a good song. And, uh, yeah. And also the line, uh, let's see. Well, no, actually, this is referring to a later album. Okay, but yeah, so that's kind of what I get from the album. It also also could be him saying that maybe he already is kind of a a Christian, but he thinks that God is taking over the radio, you know, and, like, the messages he's hearing are of God slowly taking over every song and every aspect of the radio, and the radio is becoming way more friendly and and less and and more soft maybe in a way uh and way more maybe bland or cliche even you know than than it should really be you know and then his friend and then his you could make the argu- and then you could say that his friends are making the argument that no you're just hearing things so it, it could i guess in a way yeah you could interpret it either as him deciding to turn to christianity and hearing god in the radio and his friends thinking oh no that's you're just hearing things or it could be him thinking that Christianity and God are taking over every aspect of every song and radio station on the radio and it's his friends saying he's crazy so yeah I didn't really look at it that way before I didn't really I mean not as much as the other way but now now I can kind of see it I could see how it could be you can interpret it in two different ways yeah that's pretty cool uh but yeah that's fantastic song the guitar is fantastic in this one great riff uh, great drum, tr- great drumming, bass work's great, uh, oh yeah, I don't think I said, uh, Mark Lanigan, his vocals are great on this one, uh, he's the lead singer on this one, and yeah, sounds great, uh, not much else to say about that one, just probably my favorite song on the album, so, uh, all right, track 13, coming up on the last three, we have another love song, uh, this song is sung by Nick Ol yeah, Nick Oliveri, uh, and the, let's see, he is, uh, this song is basically about, actually, what is the song about, let me see, um, yeah, it's pretty much just what the title says, it's another love song, um, you know, uh, the first verse starts off with, you're so impossible, scream and moan, it chills my soul, don't want to hear you got left behind, all those times you stayed up and cried, so basically, you know, the lyrics are kind of poking fun at love songs, you know, or tropes in love songs, or in maybe even movies and, and TV shows that have romantic subplot or, or are rom-coms, you know, uh, it's kind of just, Say, and then that's what the chorus is. It the the line the chorus is literally just, "It's just another love song, another love song." So it's kind of like, in a way, poking fun at maybe the cliche, the clichedness. I guess if that's a word, and the genericness of some some love songs, and kind of poking fun at some of the lines you may hear, or or, or kind of how love songs, or relationships, uh, play out in movies and shows. And how they all kind of seem a little similar, um, I mean, not like not, not like they're directly saying that that's how they all sound. It's not like they're saying, oh, this loves these all these love songs sound the same. But it's the the way the lyrics are, the way the lyrics are worded. It does kind of sound like they're poking fun at, like, oh yeah, love songs. You know, they used to be good, but lately all of them sort of kind of sound cliched. More often than not, you know, there's nothing really new to be said. In a love song, it's mostly just repeating the same, you know, stuff again and again. And, uh, yeah. But this one's catchy. You know, uh, a little bit calmer than uh, God is on the radio. But uh, it's, you know, everything's good. The guitar, the bass <clears> drum <throat> Damn it. What the hell? Sorry, I, like, choked up on air. I don't know what the hell. I don't know if you've ever done that. That's so weird when that happens. It's like, how the hell did I just do that? Anyway... <laughs> Back to the review. Um, Yeah, so uh, Nick's vocals are great on this one. Uh, Once again, delivers another great performance. Uh, And the guitar, bass, and drums sound as good as ever. And it's a little more toned down energy-wise than God is in the radio, but it is still a good, catchy song. Uh, And we end with another, and uh, we don't switch, uh, the listener isn't switching to another radio station. It's just that this song is over, and we hear the outro to the station that this song is playing on. So Natasha Schneider voices, um, what DJ is it? She voices the DJ for WOMB, The Womb. And, uh, and she, and this is how, and this is how the outro goes. Uh, she, she starts off, it's very calm, very, almost like a, like NPR sounding levels of Talking you know, like where you talk very softly and into the mic, you know, but she she says this is w o m b the womb, and if you, my pets, learn to listen, I'll let you crawl back in. here is something you should drop to your knees for and worship, but you are too stupid to realize yourselves, and then we uh go to the next song, uh which it's funny that it continues uh her um outro it continues her little speech or her little segment it doesn't switch to a different radio station it continues so so you know which leads you which is means that the next song is also on the same uh same radio station so the next song track 14 is song for the deaf and the intro is again like i said just her repeating um what or not her repeating but her continuing and finishing her little segment. And starts off with her saying, A song for the deaf, that is for you. And then we get the, uh, you know, and then we get the song. Uh, and actually, this song, uh, all three of the vocalists uh, sing on this one. Uh, Josh Holmes sings the verses, and Josh, Mark, I oh know, Josh and Mark sing the chorus. Okay, my bad. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, Nick isn't on this one. I thought he was. Okay. Yeah. No. It's just um. It's just it's just Josh and and uh, Mark. Okay. But it's uh yeah it's a good song too. It's uh probably the with the the way the instrumentation is. It's probably the darkest sounding song on the album. But uh, it just it sounds very good. It's uh but yeah it's a massive dark and eerie monster of a song with a it's got this super heavy very distinct bass line and just some really great drum work from from dave and uh and there's also a little bit of a a surprise at the end uh if you're willing to wait through like ten fifteen seconds of silence uh <laughs> but uh i do i do yeah I do like the lyrics on this one um it does kind of sound like a kind of like a horror movie in a way um but the, but the lyrics there's there's some, they're very interesting, uh, beautiful senses are, are gone, canary in a gilded cage. Singing sweet, soft, and low. I will poison you all. Come close, race into your t- coming. Come closer, race into your tongue. Uh, I got what was. I want to take what's left. No talk will cure what's lost or save what's left for the deaf. And um, yeah, so it sounds like a. I don't know. It sounds like a a guy on his, um, at the end of his ropes, um, or it may, or kind of sounds like a, like a horror movie villain coming after the protagonists in a way, or like the way it's being described. It's like, you know, like a group of, a group of people go to this haunted location and try to look, try, try to, to, uh, uncover the mystery of, of the, the killer or whatever. You, you know how some horror movies go. And, uh, and then, you know, it's like, oh, nobody's coming down the hall, nobody echoes in my head, and, yeah. And, and just, yeah, it's, yeah, and then the line, I will poison you all, come closer, race into your tongue, it almost, and and again, it may be talking about drugs, uh, but I, I get the sense that this is kind of, you can interpret it any way you want, I guess, but, you, you know, it does sound like something, like a horror movie villain is chasing this group of, of young teens or young adults, and, um... And yeah, just the way the instrumentation's playing, it does sound very... Not like Slipknot levels of Dark, <laughs> but it does sound very ominous, you know, and haunting in a way. But it, so- it sounds nice. Uh, that's not me putting the song down. It sounds very nice. Um, and yeah, good song. A- and we get another outro. Uh, this is the last one. Uh, yeah, because the last song doesn't end with an outro. Or it doesn't end with a radio segment or skit. Uh, this one has Dave catching who plays let's see yeah he plays the dj for WANT of Wonder Valley Want of Wonder Valley so he says uh so the song ends and then we get the outro by him uh or the song kind of fades out and then he comes in and says you're listening to WANT the High Desert Wonder Valley favorite radio station it's been a good night Dave Catching here not saying good night just saying And then we get like 20 seconds of silence. And then we get a little interlude after that of just, I think, I think it's Josh and Mark just maniacally laughing, (laughs) but it's, uh, we, uh, we hear the, a bass and a little bit of a drum track creeping in and we have the, um, it's, it's Josh and Mark maniacally laughing to the tune of Feel Good Hit of the Summer from, like I said, from their previous album, Rated R. And they're going, ha 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 ha, ha 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 you know, like that for like twenty seconds. And uh and it sounds good. It's kinda weird uh but it's it's kind of a nice reference to their to their the their hit song from their last album. And uh actually a fan theory speculates that the stories Quote-unquote stories of Rated R and this album Are related Because Rated R follows a person Recovering from a destructive high Swearing off drugs but eventually falling back Into their habit uh, You could interpret Songs for the Deaf as a drive Through the desert from the perspective of a person High on every drug imaginable It's possible that Rated R And Songs for the Deaf follow the same person And the album ending in this way signifies That this person will be repeating This cycle forever That's actually a good fan theory. I didn't even think about that, but that actually, that would make sense because these albums are back-to-back. That would... That actually makes a lot of sense. Hmm. That's pretty good. Um, okay. And now we end off the album with track 15, Mosquito Song. Definitely the most melodic and calmest, most soothing-sounding song on the album. Uh, very catchy. It's, uh... I was gonna say... The, there's like a violin and like very booming drums and, and there's like a horn section, I think like maybe some trumpets or something playing uh, towards the end of the song. But like it's 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 still a slower song, but like it builds up to that at the end where we get the kind of almost marching band sounding drums. We get this horn section with the trumpets and we get a beautiful violin throughout and an acoustic guitar and the album in, and, and the song and album ends with uh, a very nice like violin, uh, playing us off, oh no, actually, it, the violin, and then we get a little bit of a piano at the end playing us off, um, but yeah, it's a good song, um, I'm trying to see what this one is about, it's, um uh, I guess really it's, in a way, it's kind of repeating some of the themes of this album, and I guess of Rated R, <clears throat> about drug use, and like, maybe being down on your luck, and maybe getting out of a bad relationship, or being, you know, discarded in a relationship. Being, you know, thinking everything's going good, and then the relationship kind of ending, and you're you're like leaving you thinking, ah oh, shit, what did I do wrong? You know. So I, in a way, this song kind of feels like the culmination of all the themes of the previous songs on the album. Uh, coming, you know, and and it's this song and the album coming to an end with the themes <clears throat> uh, presented throughout throughout the rest of the album. So. Uh, yeah. So, that's how I look at it. Um, oh. And also, Josh... I think he sings on this one. Yeah, Home... Or Josh does sing on this one. Um. Oh, okay, wait. Going back to Song for the Deaf. Uh, at the end, with the... The little reprise of feel good hit of the Summer, but with them maniacally laughing. That was Nick. That was... Nick was with, uh... Mark and Josh doing that, that was all three of them, okay, yeah, but yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, Mosquito Song, yeah, that's a great way to end the album on a nice, softer note, uh, very beautiful sounding song, very melodic and peaceful, and, uh, yeah, great way to end, in my opinion, is one of my favorite albums, uh, still probably second favorite of all the ones I've heard from their discography, and there's, like, maybe one or two I haven't heard, but all the one, all the albums I've heard from them this is like my second favorite by them, and it's. I could see where people are coming from, where the critics and audience audiences were coming from. This is a great album. It's uh, it's just it, there's a certain vibe to it. Like I, I don't really know how to describe it, but you know, I every so often, over the last year or so, every time because I got into them like last year, every so often I, you know, if I couldn't think of what to play, I'd play this album, and I and I've played it before um whether i knew i wanted to listen to queens of the stone age or i didn't know what i wanted to listen to and i just put on this album you know but uh but i have listened to this album before driving at night when it's like pitch black or driving at night or driving in the evening when the sun's setting and there's just that's it's got a certain vibe to it i don't really know how to explain it but it just sounds cool like it makes it sound even more cool like just I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it, it still sounds cool regardless, no matter when, what time of day you're listening to it. But it's just, there's a certain vibe to it when you're listening to it, like, in the evening with the sun setting or at night. Um, it just sounds mysterious and creepy and cool and badass, you know. And I actually, I mean, if I ever go to California, I would actually kind of like to drive from L.A. to Joshua Tree and <laughs> just listening to this album. Like, that's kind of on my bucket list now after you know several months of i guess really it's been a year maybe a little over a year of listening to this album but yeah ever ever since i first listened to this album i'm like i do kind of want to do that now I, I bet some people some fans have probably done that before but but that'd be cool um so yeah so a great album uh i know i'm posting this a little later than when i said i would so any of you listening it may be later tonight or tomorrow by the time you listen to it uh depending on you know, what you're doing, uh, at the moment. So, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, about to be uploaded right now. Um, or when, what, by the time you're listening to it, it will have been uploaded for, you know, uh, it will be uploaded, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, great album. Loved it. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, uh, happy 20th anniversary songs for the deaf and all the fans of this album if you're or if anyone who's a fan of this album already is listening uh you know what are you waiting for listen to the album <laughs> uh but yeah definitely check it out if you haven't already it's a great one so um i guess that does it for tonight's episode uh, i will not i think i'll be i'll be taking next friday off just i mean i know i've only done two episodes and i've been off for a month before i came back you know But I will be taking next Friday off just to relax and enjoy the four-day weekend. I've scheduled next Friday off, so... And, of course, next weekend is Labor Day weekend, so I've got Friday through Monday to myself. I mean, you know, I've got a a, a good four-day weekend, so... Um, But I will be back uh, Friday, September 9th, so just under two weeks from now. Um, I'll be reviewing another album... Uh, I'll be reviewing Fleetwood Mac's most popular, most popular album, uh, Rumors, from 1977. So, uh, which is a first, uh, because I've reviewed Queens of the Stone Age already. But I have not... Th- this will be another first uh, for the music reviews, because I have not talked about Fleetwood Mac yet. So, uh, But it's also one of my favorite albums. I'm looking forward to that review very much. Um, and also, after that album, I'll be... On the 16th will be my 100th episode... Uh, ever recorded for the podcast, and it will also be two days shy from my two year anniversary of when I first started the podcast because I, I believe i started september eighth uh, i mean september eighteenth of twenty twenty so it 'll be two days shy from the two year anniversary of the podcast so uh and that i will not i 'll tell you what that episode's going to be uh on the next episode i'll i 'll leave it kind of uh, it 'll be a kind of a surprise for now, but I'll tell you what the, si- the episode for the 16th is going to be on the 9th at the end of the, uh, at the end of the next episode on the- September 9th. So, uh, but yeah, hope you guys have a great weekend and I will see you guys, uh, in two weeks. Uh, enjoy your Labor Day weekend, uh, next weekend and, uh, take care.